אוקיי, שלום וברכה, nice to be back, שחיינו וקיימנו, שיקגו, ברוך השם. We have to start off with a joke as usual. So the joke is like this, that a, a wife calls her husband, and he says, yes dear. She says, hi, honey, please tell me a joke. And he says, honey, I'm in the middle of kolel now, we have a joke. And she says, right, right now, okay. Tell me another joke, please. ברוך השם. שמחה, שמחה, אוקיי. So before we start, just a perspective of what's happened. The world has been a bit shaken this past over a month already. It's been over a month. So um, many Rabbanim are giving uh, hashkafic perspectives of what to do. For sure, there's an abundance of tshuva and davening and tzedakah and all these things that we know we're doing. But there's also a message here that from Rabbi Nachman's teachings... You can, uh, you, can see, you can see something clearly. Just one second. Yeah, the, the broadcast is not, uh, it's not connecting. Unbelievable. One second. Ah, okay, we lost it. So what, what's, what, what's a hashkafic thing to take a look when you see what happened here? Just going back to the incident. It took place on Simcha's Torah. And what, when in Simcha's Torah? Mamash, when you hear the stories of what happened... 6.30 in the morning, 6.35. You hear the people that are telling you that by the Kibbutzim and by that festival, the Nova festival, 6.30. That is, what was that time? That was Netz. Netz in Yerushalayim. On Simchas Torah was 6.36. The time that these, their, these Mechablim came in was around the time of Netz. Okay. What's, what's the idea of that? On one, on one, on one, on one point. Hoshana Rabbah. Hoshana Rabbah, the Ben Ishchai says, is the combination. It's not just the Ben Ishchai, it's Chazal also. Hoshana Rabbah's Hosha, Na. Save on behalf of Na. Na means please, it's a supplication. But Na is also Gimachia 51. What's 51? From Rosh Chodesh Elul till Hoshana Rabbah is exactly 51 days. So the combination of all the Avodah of Elul, which is the, by the Sephardim, for example, the extra Slichot from Rosh Chodesh, and by everybody, more Tehillim, more Tshuva, more Tzedakah, Ketiva Bechatim if I did something, all the ex- extra learning and the Amiris, if it's Tikkuni Zohar, and all the Sephardim that, that the people do, okay? Then Rosh Hashanah, where Rosh Hashanah is, if you're a Tzadik, it's La'alter L'chaim, if it's a Rasha, La'alter L'mavit, if it's a Benonin, he's given until Yom Kippur, but all of them were given until when the, it's called the Ptakim are issued. The Ptakim, when the actual Beit Din, Shalmala, issues now officially, okay, let it go and be done. That's on, on Hoshana Rabba. So the Minhag on Hoshana Rabba, people were the Kittel, extra davening, Hoshanot Hakafot seven times, up all night saying Tehillim, saying Mishnah Torah, and it's a day of trepidation in a sense, okay? So Hoshana Rabba is a day of sealing off. We began already from Rosh Chodesh Elu. And then on the night of Simchat Torah, the Hasidic farms say, when you finish Hashem Elokechem Emet of the Kriyat Shema of Mariv, and as soon as you say Ve'emunah, that's when your Parnasa for the whole year is already declared on that. So the night of, Rosh, of Simchat Torah, Hoshana Rabbah, that's when the year technically is like, the beginning point is after that. The year starts technically on the morning, the day of Simchat Torah. We start off the year of a boom of Simcha. On the night also there's Simcha, there's dancing. But the day part is the technical, now the beginning point, okay? So it's, what's interesting is on a day that's supposed to be one of the happiest days on the year, Rabbi Nachman, he once told his disciple of Nosen, did you dance the Simcha's Torah? 
Did you feel the simcha of dancing? And he said about himself, I was so happy this year in Simcha story. Rabbi Nachman said about himself that I even danced by myself in my room. I was dancing. So Rosen says, if you think about it, it's true that the simcha that we dance on Simcha Torah is the simcha of Yiddishkeit. That we appreciate that we have a value. As a Yid, we have an eternal value. As opposed to people who live for Olam Hazer, that it's all dead end, it's all empty, has no value in itself. As Yidin, where we connect this world to a true purpose, which is Olam Emet, Olam Abba, everything has value, everything is amazing. And for that, it's Ra'u, it's feeling that a Yid is B'Simcha. And he said, that's the idea of being happy on Simcha's Torah. I'm dancing with the Torah, that I have such an amazing chelik in this part of creation. Hashem has made me a part in the purpose of creation. I want to be happy about. So it's a day of great Simcha. And instead of the Simcha this year, V'nafochu, extreme pain, extreme misery that happened. People found out already, we, for example, in Masharim, we dove in nets, and we were dancing so loud, we didn't hear the sirens, with the, we didn't even hear the sirens, we didn't hear the missiles, we didn't hear anything. Because we were dancing a lot. There were sirens. People woke up with the sirens, whatever. We heard nothing. And afterwards, this and that, the Zaka guy got information, etc. Everyone heard from the, if it's the Goyish police officer or whatever, the word got out on already Shabbos or Sunday, okay? So first point, that the Simcha's Torah was dented, okay? Number two, the first thing we heard about the first thing that, that got the people were those teenagers, those poor teenagers, 3,000 at this concert. Most of them, Tino Kotsha Nishba, born not from, never knowing what true Simcha is. And because they're looking for Simcha in another format, if it's drugs, Chas Shalom, if it's a concert, whatever. And also those who, who were born from and fell off, there were a lot of those there also, Shem Rachim. Also, they never had true Simcha. All the Yiddishkeit was always do this, do that, whatever. And it was a tough attitude, which causes many people who were brought up even from to fall off because there's no simcha, there's no ahava in the Keshe, the Keshe of the Yiddishkeit. So why should they stay? Like Rashi says, someone who serves out of Yira, you push him a little, he's boyet. He says, I don't need this. If now it's just tough, toughness and, and rigidness and, and pain and suffering, I can't, we can't handle this. We look elsewhere, Chas Hashem. Number three, what happened? The hostages, something crazy. I, uh, when leaving Eretz Yisrael now from Natbag to New York, so the, hosp- the, no, the airport is like very empty. And the ramp, you know the famous ramp for departures and arrivals, right? So the ramp going to uh, departures, they filled literally the whole walkway with the pictures of the hostages. So you could, how could you not cry? Everyone was like sad. You, you're walking and you see all the faces, so you're for sure broken, right? Okay? So the hostages... Now, in Parshat Kitavo, with the 98 Klalot, forgive me if I don't remember the exact Loshan, but you have there, from the Klalot, Banecha Uvnotecha, right, Bashevi, Bashivya, exactly, Pasuk, please, Mechir, Mocha, if I don't remember the exact Loshan, but hostages were ta- are taken, that's a Klalot, and the 98 Klalot. Now, in Parshat Kitavo, when it says the Klalot, it says, why will this happen to you? Tachat Asher, Lo Avadta Hashem Elokecha, Besimcha, again, simcha. It doesn't say oh, you're getting punished because you didn't serve Hashem, period. It says because you didn't serve Hashem, besimcha. When the Litvaks ask, ask Mitzvah Gedol Ali Besimcha, where? Rabbi Nachman, what does it say? It's a big mitzvah to be besimcha. We can't target mitzvahs. I don't see not once that it's saying mitzvah Gedol to be besimcha. So he's medayik and his lashon, mitzvah Gedola. You have stam mitzvot, which are very big. 
There's Tanakh, 613 Stam Mitzvah. But a Mitzvah Gedola is like a cup containing all the other ones, which is hinted to in Parashat Kitavo. Tachat Asher Lo Avat Hashem Elokecha Besimcha. That's the cup for all the other Tanakh Mitzvot. It's a Mitzvah Gedola. Okay? Fine. From this, you can piece together what happened, why it happened, if you want to say, or at least, if I don't know why, why, what I'm supposed to do now. What's the message that I'm supposed to pick up? To be atzvis, to be sad, for sure there's no mitzvah at all. He explains with Nosen that the essence of galut is atzvut. Atzvut. And the goyim, when they want to attack the yidin, the one thing they have in mind is to bring them down. A, a stupid Arab who takes the Facebook of the lady and in front of her grandchildren, she's, they're killing the grandmother, Shem Shem Rachem, right? They're doing atrocities. So they want them to see. Why? Why do they want to inflict the pain to make them worried and sad? That's the whole thing. The goal of why the Nazis also, they tried to, it wasn't just to kill the Yidin, but to make them feel miserable, to, to, to bring down their morale, right? To give them a number, they're not human being anymore, to break them, why to break them morally, not just to kill them, in order to bring them to Atzvut. Because the essence of Galut, and the Goyim in Galut, is Atzvut. And us as Yidin, our essence is Simcha. So therefore, when being attacked and this and what happened this year pulled the carpet un- the rug under everybody's feet it came so unexpected but the thing is how fast you get back up number one and using what happened to push you forward in simcha not that we're not we're not, we're not talking about okay forget about it like we're, just, we're continuing as if nothing happened no we're not continuing as if nothing happened we're continuing because of what happened i'm continuing even stronger now you want to break me <laughs> you're not going to break me we're going to go forward now when what? Dafka Simcha. Okay? So if, if you want, this is one of the ways to look in a positive vein. What happened? How to use it? Now, of course, we're davening more. There's more concern and everything. But worry has no place at all. And sadness for sure has no place at all. Especially as Rav Nosen says, something amazing. He says one of the ultimate levels of Simcha, of Yid, is that we're able to look at the ultimate future. Meaning, if now... With, through everything that's happening in your life, you know that in the end, if you know and you believe that in the end everything's going to work out, this film of 6,000 years, I mean maximum 6,000 years, from the time of creation until the final, final end of this leg of the creation, 6,000 years, if you know that in the end there's going to be metim, there's going to be sakhar and onish at the ultimate level, and all the good that people suffered for and everything will be rewarded, right? Those who suffered in toiling for serving Hashem will come back or will reap the prophets. If everything's going to work out in the end, so why are you crying now? Why are you so broken now? The person, his life span maximum 120 years, maximum. In the film, a reel of 6,000 years. It's like a little million, a, a second of a second of, 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 on, on this film of 6,000 years, okay? If what you're going through now, you connect it to the ultimate future, okay? Then you have a nechama. You have a nechama. But when you look at things just now, the present, for sure it hurts. Oh, he's going through shalom, uh, difficulty in marriage or, or children problems or health issues and this. When you look at it in itself, it hurts. But when you look at it in vain that everything's going to work out. Just from now to there, that's the, how to get there. But it's going to happen. And you just need an emunah and bitachon that it's going to happen. So, you have nothing to really worry about. 
Because you know, ultimately it's going to work out. There's a story I tell over again and again and again. And it's an amazing story. I heard it from someone who heard it from this lady. There was a lady who went to Auschwitz with her daughter. And they survived the whole thing together from beginning to end, which is very rare. The chances of that happening is very rare. And she was a firm lady. They asked her, how did this happen? What, what was the secret here? So she said, I w- as soon as she, she arrived in Auschwitz, she started cracking up. She started laughing. L- laughing? You know, you see the, 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 the chimneys, with the, the, the burning of the bodies, and the, everyone's in a miserable set, uh, set up and every uh, setting. What, what are you cracking up? So she said that the Nazis didn't touch her. They thought she was like, you know, hoojibujikre. They were scared to deal with her. When they saw that she's cracking up this lady, what's going on? She was laughing and laughing and laughing. So they didn't touch her. They left her there, but they didn't touch her. They didn't do anything bad, not necessarily. And then they asked her, and why did you laugh? What are you laughing at? You see people dying and this and that. She was laughing because it's so obvious that these idiots are going to pay for it. It's so obvious that Hitler Yamachemo and all these going, you're doing bad and you think you're going to get away with it. You have to be stupid. You have to be mamash, an idiot, to think that you're going to do wrong and it's going to work out. Come on. You, you, you're going to pay it for it. I'm not going to pay for it. You're going to, you're going to pay the price. So it's, it's a laugh. You, you, we have the last laugh. So she said that's why she was laughing. And that's how a yid, Be'emet, when he, what he's going through, when a person is going through major crazy things in life, his nechama, one of the greatest nechamas of Nosan says, is this technique of training your mind to connect to the future. That you know in the end, you, like in a way you do a type of a, a bitul, Hashem, I'm all yours, I'm letting go, guide me, and I'm, I know that it's going to work out, I'm in your hands. With that attitude, you can draw a nechama from the future into the present. That's one of the reasons why it's called the Giul shlema. What do you mean Giul shlema? It's so shalom, like candles, you know, you have a candle, you can light with one candle, another 100,000 candles, and the, the light is not diminished. So too, the Giul shlema is so shalem that it has power to shoot even personal redemptions to the present. And this is where Rabbi Nachman teaches one of his lessons, lesson 250, that when Hashem wants to save a person, whatever he needs salvation in, he sends him a Yeshua from the future, from the ultimate Giulah, into the present. That's how we connect with Hashem. So this just in a nutshell of a, a, a different perspective, a breast of her perspective of what happens, what's happening now, and what we can do to fix the situation, to work on an improvement. What was the message? It's pretty obvious. Simcha Torah, the, the simcha they were looking for, the hostages were So there is a kind of remez, if you'd like to say, that simcha here is what has to be focused on. Okay. This is one thing I wanted to start off with, B'zat Hashem. Now the main topic of the class, B'zat Hashem. The, the, the Torah, as we know it, is divided in four sections. Pshat, Remez, Drash, Sod. Okay, Pshat, as we know, Pshat is the Torah Shebaal Peh, Torah Shebechtav. All the basic laws of the Torah, all the understanding of the Pshat, all the Sfarim that are on Rishonim, Achoranim, to open up Shukhan Aruch and, and Gemara, which is the main learning of Torah, basically, <coughs> that, that takes up the most space of Torah study, is a Pshat. Remez, Remazim, that you see an indication of a connection of points, but it's not 100% revealed, but it's out there and you can see it, that's Remez. Drash, Adarshan, where he tries to dig deep in the Torah to bring out something that's hidden there, 
an idea, a moralistic idea that's hidden there, but has to be dug open to bring it out. That's the idea of drash. And sod, the secrets of the Kabbalah, which deal with the secrets of the creation, which is like a big, vast picture. It's like, it's like heavy, bulky. It's a big bulk and, and heavy, heavy in mass. That's the idea of sod. Okay? So, in the Kabbalah, they say that these four levels of the Torah are hinted to in the four letters of Hashem's name, Yud Kevavke, with Yud being the highest level of Sod. The first He is the Drash, Vav is the Remiz, and the He, the last He, which is closest to this world, is the, is the Pshat, okay? They also say in Sfarim that the four Galuyot of Am Yisrael, the Galut of Mitzrayim, the Galut of Bavel, Yavan, and now Edom, also correspond to the four levels of the Torah. What does that mean? That means, for example, Mitzrayim, where the Yidin were going through Metzar. There was a tightness, a tightness, and Torah was needed, a light of Torah was needed to get the Yidin out, which was a eventual Har Sinai Kabbalat Torah. The Yidin back then, in the time of Mitzrayim, were at such a high level that the Pshat was enough to give them Chayut and strength to combat the the difficulties of the Galut of Mitzrayim, the Lashon of Meitzar being tight and squeezed, the Pshat was strong enough, even though only Pshat, it's strong enough to give Chayut and consolation and Koach to go on. Fine. Bavel, which is from Lashon, like Rashi says, it's Bilbul, Bilbel etakol. Rashi, if you remember, Parashat Noach, why is it called Bavel? Bilbel etakol. Okay? Balal etakol. But Rashi says, Bavel, one of the roots of Bavel, is a bilbul, which means a confusion, confusion in the mind. So the next stage of galut was severe. In other words, there's levels. The levels of the Arba Galuyot was in order to reveal a greater depth that was always there in the Torah, but now to bring it out, lemaise. So the second galut of Bavel, which caused the bilbul, a confusion, taking the Yidin, kicking them out of Eretz Yisrael. It was enough that they came from Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael, but now going out, and the Vuhad Netzer, who mixed up the whole world, Bilbel, okay? <coughs> so what was needed was the second level of the Torah to give Chayut and Chizuk to the Yidin. That was the idea of Remez. That the, where the Pshat now wasn't enough to give them Koach, proof being that the sins of the Yidin in the first Galut of Mitzrayim, which is up to the Chorban Bayit Rishon, it wasn't enough to help them to keep the Bayit Rishon. In other words, they were falling in Averot. They're falling at, from their level, which caused the Khurban and the Galut. So the meaning, another depth of Torah is, it was needed to enhance the Yiddishkeit of the Jews in, this, in, in the second Galut, and that's the level of Remis. Yavan, which was connected to Bil Hanukkah coming up. Yavan is Milashon Yeven Metzula, quicksand. That you're standing in a spot, but it's like a Mitzrayim where they're squeezing you. You're, you're in one spot, but you're not being, you're sinking. Help, help, you're sinking, and you, and you have a panic here. Okay? Meaning that as strong as the Torah relation of Pshat and Remez is, and it was enough for those generations of Yidin to handle, by, by Yavan, Drash was needed, which in fact, the time of the Midrashim is from the time of the, it starts from the time of the Yivanim. After the Yivanim and, and the Galut Edom, that's the beginning of the, of, the, of the Chidushim of the Drash, of the Midrashim, where Drash now is now giving an ethical, moral perspective, but strong. That digging in to bring it out. That's the Galut of Yavan. And now finally, this last Galut of Edom. Edom on one hand means red, but also Edom has the same uh, grammatical shorish as Medame. Koach Medame. 
which means that uh, uh, the faculty of the imagination is distorted. As opposed to Bavel, which is a bilbul, which is confusion. Here in Medame, where the, the imagination shows things as they not really are. Oh my God, he's going to kill me. Like, you know, something, like no, no one's going to touch you, but you feel there's, there's an enemy here, there's an enemy there. And a person creates scenarios that are not actually there. This is the Galut of Edom. They say in the scientific world that the most comfortable color is green and the most panicky color is red. Adom, Edom, okay? To com- combat the level of Edom is Sod, which is why the revelation of the Zohar, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, took place in this final Galut of Edom. The Arizal, with revelations of the Kabbalah, is in this final stretch of Edom. Okay, fine. However, there's a fifth level of the Torah. The highest level. The Zohar calls this the level of the Keter. And this is the, the Keter is at the end of the Galut of Edom, when now the Yinah have been exhausted and drained after four Galuyot, and at even, even with the big revelations of the Kabbalah, still Yidin have fallen. And now, for example, these past 250 years, where we see that the majority of Am Yisrael are totally detached. There's assimilation. The majority of Jews, Jews don't even know what Kratchma is, what it, what it is to say a bracha. Nothing. Empty. We're still far. There's many Jews who are from now, Baruch Hashem, it's, it's growing. But the Makkah that we've been hit with these past 250 years... They say like this, that um, the Midrash says that when Esav, uh, last week's parasha, Yikrevu evel avi, let my father Yitzchak Avinu pass away, and then I'll go and kill Yaakov, right? So the Midrash says that Paro said about Esav, Esav, you're stupid, you're an idiot. You wait, you say, I'm going to wait for my father to pass on, and then I'm going to go and kill Yaakov. But in the meantime, Yaakov becomes... Twelve tribes, there's a family, there's mishpacha, there's grandchildren. You have, you have more work to do. So Pharaoh said, I'm not, like, not going to wait. He told the midwives, right? You see, when the woman's giving birth, if it's a boy, if it's a daughter, keep her alive. If it's a son, right? So then Haman comes along and he says about Paro, Paro, you're stupid. You kill only the boys. What, a, Jew, a girl is not a Jew? A Jewish woman who has children, even from a goy, they're not Jewish? Of course they're Jewish. What does it help your decree, Paro, to kill only the boys? How about the girls? Me, Haman said, I'm going to kill everybody. The man, the woman, the children. Okay? And it didn't work. So Gog comes along and Gog says, Haman, you're stupid. You think by attacking the physical corpses of the, of the bodies of the Yidin, you can do away with them? So long as they're connected with a cord to Avim Shabbat Shemayim with Hashem, you can't do away with them. What am I going to do? I'm going to sever the connection between Am Yisrael and Hashem, and then I can do away with them. So the Midrash finishes off, that Hashem says to Gog, ah, you want to fight against me? You want to separate? No problem, come to Eretz Yisrael. And that's what it says, Gog will come to Eretz Yisrael, and here he suffers his downfall. What's interesting from the Midrash is that Gog, which is probably Google, <laughs> Gog is Google today, okay? Gog, his, the, the, the attack of Gog is on the religion itself. Even though Yavan also was on the religion, no Shabbos, no Brit Milah, but, but still the Yidin were holding on to their Yesodot of Yiddishkeit, even of the Greeks and everything. But Gog, he's going into the mind of the Jew to convince him that Yiddishkeit doesn't have to be this way, you can change it and alter it and then sever it totally, okay? Based on this, Rav Nossin, 
Rav Nosen received from Rabbi Nachman what's called Megillat Setarim. These are secrets he revealed. Rabbi Nachman revealed to two people only, Rav Nosen and Rav Tali, what's going to happen until Mashiach comes. And he told him, only two people per generation are allowed to know about this. So meaning, of you two, whoever passes on first, the second one can reveal to somebody else. That's what happened. Rav Nosen passed away in 1844. Rav Naftali, who lived an extra 20 years later, he revealed it to another chassid, his name was Rav Aaron Lipovetzker. And then when Rav Naftali passed away, this Aaron Lipovetzker revealed it to another chassid, Avram Rav Nachman. Avram Rav Nachman is the only one who, to remember these things, he wrote it down for himself in Rashi Prakim, so he shouldn't forget the details, because there are many details in this Megillat Setarim, okay? <coughs> and today, nobody knows who has it. He passed away in 1917, Rav Avram Rav and he was very good in keeping a secret. He knew how to keep his mouth quiet. So no one knows if he revealed it, if, who, and if even. We don't even know. So today, no one knows what happened to him. There's copies of this manuscript, but no one understands what's written on it. Some is, once some professor in Yerushalayim, he tried to make a book opening it up, but it's all just theoretical. No one knows. However, Rav Nosen did say something about this. Rav Nosen said that in this Megillat Setarim, the Rabbi Nachman didn't mention anything about the war of Gog and Magog. So he said he understood that we're already in the middle of the war of Gog and Magog, with the beginning of the reform movement, the Maskilim, the Enlightened movement, where now there's an attack on Yiddishkeit itself. You know, the founders of reform, Mendelssohn and this guy Naftali Herzvizel, these people were big shots. They were, they were I'm not going to say it, but they were Tamidei Chachamim, but in a, a negative sense. They were, they knew shots, they were, they, they were the top Lamdanim in their time, but they used the Torah to prove against it. There's nothing more dangerous. Bringing riots from the Torah, why not to follow the Torah? Why, yes, assimilation is good, to be Merah Bagoim. It's scary when you have someone who knows, knows the, the ideas and then to use that to go against that was really bad, okay? So this, we're in Gog and Magog already. To think, oh my God, there's going to be Armageddon, and there's going to be war and blood. We have a, we have a Kabbalah from the Psukim and Nevi'im that Mashiach will come through Simcha. Ki besimcha tetzeo. Right, the Pasuk says, Ki besimcha tetzeo, which the, the translation is normally that when Mashiach comes, when there'll be the Geulah, besimcha. It's going to happen with, with Simcha. But Rav Nosen, he says, don't read it with Simcha, read it, besimcha, through Simcha, through Simcha, tetzeo. There'll be such a Simcha by the Goyim. As Yomu Bagoyim, Higdel Hashem Lasot Emele, Higdel Hashem Lasot Imanu, the Goyim will say about themselves, Hainu Smechim, the Goyim are going to be happy. In such an abundance of Simcha, they're going to bring by, by hand every year back to Eretz Yisrael. So what we're seeing of war and battle, that's not the, yet the sign of Mashiach. Sign of Mashiach will be immense Simcha. That's the prerequisite. But going back to what we were saying before, the matzav that we're in now is very hard. That even pshat, remez, drash, sod is not enough. You have pockets of yidin here and there. You have koilulim, yeshivas, batemi drashim. You have some gachelet, some fire. But how about everybody else? What, they can go rot, chas shalom? The yidin who are not religious, shalom alay nafshi, I'm doing something... It's with my aspiration that my Torah and mitzvot will influence them. But in the meantime, it's, a, it's not moving. They are yidin, that the ratio is very far. It's not moving in ratio that, that if my Torah and mitzvot is to affect them because of our arevut, but I don't see it moving. What's going on? So the Zohar talks about this fifth level of the Torah, 
which we said earlier, the four levels are hinted in Yud Ke Vav Ke. A sofer, when he writes the Yud of Yud Ke Vav Ke, he has to make a kotz, it's called Kotza Deot Yud. When a sofer makes a Yud, so there's the roof of the Yud, and then it goes down, right? Under the roof, the beginning point of the roof, he has to make a little line down. It's called Kotza Deot Yud. You can't make it too long, because then the Ot will look like a Chet, and that's a problem. But it's little tiny kots going down from the roof of the Yud. This, the Zohar says, is the fifth level of the Torah. It's called the level of the Keter. What is this the idea of the Keter? This Keter accesses the highest, highest level of existence. It's called the Ein Sof, Hashem Himself. There's a level of Torah which is kept by Hashem Himself. This is the level of Ein Sof. To explain all this better is the opening of Midrash Rabbah. Midrash Rabbah which is an amazing sefer, by the way. The, the, the sfarm that say like this, the Zohar was opened by the Arizal. The Arizal opened up the secrets of the Zohar. And how about the secrets in the Midrash? So they say Mashiach is the one who's going to open up the secrets in the Midrash. You hear that? Midrash, in a sense, has a higher power in, in depth that Mashiach is the one who's to open up. So just going back, Midrash Rabbah, Rav, Hoshaya Rabbah, author of Midrash Rabbah, who by the way is buried next to Pekin, if you're ever near it's Israel, there's a Mara called uh, and that the Mara of Rabbi Hoshaya Rabbah, author of the Midrash Rabbah. So he starts off like this, in, in, in explaining the greatness of the Torah, he brings a famous Pasuk from Mishlei, chapter 7, Mishlei, Va'eheye etzlo Amon. The Torah, Shlomo Melech is writing in Mishlei, that the Torah is saying about itself, Va'eheye etzlo Amon. The Torah saying, Hashem used me. I was, uh, I the Torah, I was by Hashem, Amon. What's this word Amon? Okay? The Midrash brings five explanations on this word Amon. Four similar ones and the fifth one in a different ballgame. The four ones, it comes to say, are levels of the Torah showing that Hashem kept this by him. So the, the Midrash says like this, first level of Ammon is called Pedagog, we'll go into this. Second one is called Mechuseh, third one Mutzna, and the fourth one is called Rabeta. So the Midrash goes to prove from Psukim, showing a similarity, for example, by Moshe Rabbeinu, where he's, we're in Parashat Balotcha, where the Jews are asking for meat, we want meat, Mi Achelenu Basar, you know, all we have is manna in the morning, manna in the evening, everything's manna, 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 we want meat, we miss the meat, okay? So then, Moshe Benu is complaining to Hashem, what do you want me to do? And if you ask me, Hashem, why am I complaining? Because you tell me to lead the Jews, Ka'asher Yisa Ha Omen Etayonek. So the Midrash says, Omen means what? What did he say? You're asking me, if, I, if you're asking me, why am I complaining, me Moshe Benu? Because Hashem, you're telling me to carry the Jews like a nursing mother takes care of the baby. Okay? So that, the Midrash says, this is the idea of a pedagogue, pedagogy, pedagogue in Latin means someone being taken care of, fully pampered, fully nurtured, like a baby. A baby can't do anything. You have to change the diaper, feed it, wash it, dress it, everything. So too, the Torah saying about itself that I was so covered up by Hashem like a, like a nurse, like a baby. Okay? So the, the commentaries say this hints to the level of the Pshat of the Torah. Pshat of the Torah, when you learn Gemara, for example, Shulchan Aruch, Halacha, if you're not involved totally, you, you, you miss one detail, then you can't continue. You, you can't learn what Rashi, Ravashi is saying in Abayi and Ravina. If you just like, you know, you drift off. I'm doing Daf Yomi, but I'm not really there. <laughs> you, missed, you have to be fully involved in learning Pshat. 
In halacha also, you miss one detail, the whole thing falls. Pshat requires full attention. So the Torah is saying, before the time came to be revealed, so I was totally protected, which is referring to the level of the Pshat. The second explanation, Amon, is a pasuk from Megillat Echa, where it talks about, Yirmiyahu is depicting the situation of the, of the, of the starvation in, in the siege of Yerushalayim by Nebuchadnezzar. So he says there, Ha'emunim, Ha'emunim aletola, those babies who were wrapped in crimson purple blankets were now dead and just thrown on the ashpot, on the garbage piles. So Ha'emunim means like wrapped up. So the commentaries say this is referring to the level of the, of the, of the, rem, of Pshat um, Remez, of the Remazim. That in a Remez, all you have to do is uncover it and you see the connection. That's the idea of Remez and, and Amon. Okay? So the Torah is saying the level of, of, of Remez is saying, it's still Amon, that I was covered up and before the time of the revelation came, but I was covered up in the level of Drash. The third, the third proof, proof is from Megillat Esther, where it says by Mordechai, Vahi Omen et Hadassah. And the Midrash has a beautiful chidush on this. Omen et Hadassah means to hide to hide. What's the context? When Nachashverosh sent messengers to find women, even Jewish women, even married women, so the, the, when, we, we, when we read in Megillat Esservai, what's, what's the, the, the normal translation? That Morde, Morde, Mordechai raised, he nurtured and raised. The Midrash has an amazing interpretation. And Mordechai hid, hid Hadassah, because they're looking for women, Omen means mutzna, referring to the level of the drash, like we said earlier. So drash is hidden. So the Torah is saying, the level of drash was also kept aside. Fourth explanation, the Midrash says, that Amon is rabeta, which means big, vast. And it brings a pasuk from Nehemiah, where Nehemiah is rebuking Egypt. The, the downfall of, uh, sorry, the downfall of Ashur, sorry, Ashur. And Nehemiah says to Ashur, you think you're better than Egypt? Hatevti mino Amon? Do you think you're better than no Amon? What's no Amon? The Targum says no Amon means Alexandria Rabata. The city of Alexandria, the big city of Alexandria. What was so special about Alexandria? I'm not connected. Oh boy. Everything just turned off one second. I love this. The Minias. One second, sorry. What went off? Light is on. The computer's off. <coughs> sorry about this. One second. This is pushing recording. So the Pasuk says, no Rabeta. Alexandria is along the Mediterranean coast of Egypt. And like the Gemara says, there's no stronger wall than a seashore. When you have one of the walls of a city that's the sea, that's the best protection. Because while there's Normandy, what happened in Normandy? How many Americans fell because they were just shooting at them? Because that, it's, you're, you're very weak and susceptible when you're coming from the sea. Okay? So Alexandria is called no Amon. No, uh, no, Amon is Alexandria Rabeta. The word Amon means great, referring to the Sod. Those are four levels of the Torah. So the Torah is saying, etzlo Amon. I, the four levels of this Torah, was kept aside, protected from Hashem, by Hashem, 
waiting for Har Sinai, waiting for Vav Sivan to be revealed. Davar Acher, the Midrash says the fifth explanation. Al tikre Amon Ela Uman. Uman. Al tikre Amon Ela Uman. What's Uman? Klei Umanut. Craftsmanship. The Midrash says that the Torah says about itself. What does it mean? Vayye etzlo Amon. The Torah says about itself. Shaiti klei umanuto shel hakadosh baruch hu I was the vessel that Hashem used, the craft, the workmanship that Hashem used in creating the world. Okay? The question is, which level of the Torah? The Zohar, the Tikkun Zohar, expands on this fifth explanation. Don't read that the Torah needed to be protected, like the first level, Pshat, Remez, Drash, so that, oh, pedagogue, these levels of Torah, oh, yo, yo, you have to protect them because the world is not ready for the, the Kedusha of the Torah, so it needs a type of protection because it's weak. So these four levels of the Torah, the Midrash says, they need to be protected until Vav Sivan because the world's not ready. If the Torah is so powerful, what are you, what are you worried about? No, we're worried that the, or the, the concept of the Chitzonim will, will, will gain access to the Torah, that the evil side will gain access to the Torah. That applies to the four levels of the Torah. Okay? But the, four, the fifth Taich of the Midrash, that the Torah saying, I was the blueprint. The Midrash goes on. What does it mean I was the blueprint? When you have an, uh, an architecture, an architect. Okay? An architect, he's asked to design a building. So what does he do? The Midrash uses the words of Diftra. The architect, he, draw, he draws out a blueprint. You no know one starts building a beautiful kolel or a shul, just like, okay, bring the bricks and everything, let's start, okay. You know, five centimeters, you have to draw out a map. You have to make a blueprint, okay? So the Midrash says, so too, Hashem used the Torah, he looked into the Torah, and he made the whole creation. So the question is, which level? <coughs> So the Tikkun Ezor says on this fifth level that Ahiyeh Etzlo, Amon, I was, the Torah says I was the Kli Umanot of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. the Zohar calls this Amon Mufla, the wondrous craftsmanship, the wondrous workmanship. Mufla, Pele, is a reference to this level called the Keter. Because Mufla translates as what? Mufla Mimecha Al Tidros, that which is beyond your grasp. This level of Torah is beyond grasp because it, it leads the gateway to the highest, highest level of existence of the Torah's ex of, of connection to Hashem, which is called Ein Sof. What does that mean basically on a, on a practical level? Oh, light. Or is Gematria. Aleph is one, Vav is six, Resh is 200, 207. Ein Sof is also Gematria 207. You got that? What does that mean? Whenever a Yid has some light in his davening, in his learning, in his life, when he's given a boost of light, it comes from the highest level of the Torah's level. It comes from the Keter. It comes to you, and then it's taken away. Does it, sometimes it happens, Rabbi Nachman says, that you're in love davening, and all of a sudden a big light is open, and you're saying every single word with dvekis. And then you say to yourself, oh, if only this can always be like this. If only can daven, saying Baruch Shamar with every word weighed and measured, and I feel every word, oh, it's only continue. And then the next day, boom, it's taken away, right? One day, for example, you wake up on time for davening, you wake up early, you have a head start, you go to the mikveh early, and shacharit, and word for word, and everything's like a malach, and next day, a crash, okay? 
And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scenario that happens again and again in life. When you have an or, where's it coming from? It's coming from this highest level. And the way it, it, it deals, it, its relationship with people is that it shines and then it goes away. But why? why? Why does it have to work like that? So they say this is in the Pasuk in Shia Shirim. Moshcheni acharecha narutza. What does it mean, Moshcheni acharecha narutza? That Hashem, He sends a light to you to Moshech otcha, to draw you in. Hashem sends you a light and then He takes it away. And what are you expected to do when that happens? Acharecha narutza. Wow. I never knew that such a light in Yiddishkeit existed. I'm going now and all the way. I now pursue it. You're, you're running after it. You're looking for this higher, higher level of light in your life. This comes from the Keter. Okay? The Zohar calls this Amon Mufla, meaning the blueprint of the creation is this level of the Keter. But how the Keter works, like we said, it's not something fixed. To explain, when you're learning Pshat, Remez, Drash Sod, the way you're Kone Torah, like it says in Pirkei Avod, there's, there's Memchet Kinyanim, there's 48 ways to acquire the Torah. The basic one there is Hatmada. You have to be consistent and you have to keep on going on. A Tamit Chacham doesn't happen overnight. It happens after many, 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 many years of learning. It's Chumash Rashi, Mishnayot, Gemara, Rashi, Tosfot, whatever, Midrashim, Zohar, whatever is capable. But it takes a lot of Hatmada. It doesn't happen overnight. No one's like a, a huji-buji gifted uh, neshama that he just opens the Sfarim and everything's opened up in front. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. In Yiddishkeit, it's Hashka. You have to invest. That's the, that's the beauty of Hatmada, that it leads you. It leads you to a level. But Keter comes <laughs> with no preparation at all. The light of Keter is it shines into a person, giving him an experience above what he's used to, above his level, shining him such an intensity, and then it's taken away. Why, like we said, this happens in order for you to realize there's a higher level out there, and you're expected to pursue it now, and if you don't, so you're fooling yourself. Because you're saying, I'd rather settle for status quo Yiddishkeit and forget about this light. Let me just try to be like everybody else and work in the darkness. And then you're fooling yourself. Rabbi Nachman says like this, that before Hashem gives the green light to allow big tzaddikim to come down into this world, okay, so it's possible and it's manageable to serve Hashem with the tra traditional transition of the Torah that we've had for over all these centuries. It's okay. But once he sends a big tzaddik down to the world, so then there's this real, this theory of relativity, it becomes impossible to withstand the choshech that comes down with it unless you do connect to the, these tzaddikim and what they generate. So going back to what we said now, in the situation we are today, where the majority of Yidin are in darkness, Okay? And it's, that's after we have so much Torah over the centuries. So much Torah. So how come these Yidin are lost? Because what's needed now is the fifth level of the Torah. En Malasot. We're now at the end of Galut Edom. We're at the end. So now we're after Pshat, after Remez, after Drash, after Sod. After being drained of the Galut of Edom, whose trick is Medame, fooling people. Right, uh, Rabbi Nachman said we have to give a new name to the Yetzirah today. The new name of the Yetzirah today is called Koach HaMedameh. The one thing that brings down people more than anything else is their distorted imagination. They're, they're picturing something that's not really there and creating a whole AI. It's AI, Mamash. Basically now we have AI, bravo. AI came at the right time, right at the end. <laughs> 
AI is coming now with the distortion of the medama, the imagination, and that's what throws off people more than anything else. What's the biggest makkah of the medame? Where a Jew begins to feel and believe, eh, I have, Hashem doesn't need me, He doesn't want me, my tefillin doesn't mean anything, my davening doesn't mean, because a person feels so overwhelmed with the obstacles in trying to serve Hashem, so he begins with the medame to begin to think, why should I get up in the morning anyways? <laughs> Will it, it'll make a difference as if my getting up and saying modani and doing negel vaser and going to shul and davening and it's so hard to daven. I feel like I'm saying words that are stones. This is going to make it. Hashem wants me. This is the, the makkah of the medame. The majority of Yidin who fell off or the first one who initiated it is mainly because feelings of Yosh. Okay? That famous story that I always say it again and again of those two families who came to Ellis Island in the 1920s. The exact same scenario, Eastern European mishpachas, from families, four or five children, they get off Ellis Island, they get into New York, and like everybody else, they have to look for Parnassa, or else you can, you'll, you'll die, or to starve, whatever. So they find a job, and the job is you have to work six days a week. What's the day off? Sunday, not Shabbos. And they said, both families, me work on Shabbos? No way. But, yet, but he's expecting you to come in Saturday morning. So I won't tell him, I'm not coming in, okay? So Friday comes, the father, he buys with the money that he got already. He buys the Shabbos food, he borrows money. He makes his first Shabbos, okay? He doesn't show up to work Saturday, Saturday morning. He comes back to work Monday morning, Sunday's off. He comes back Monday, the, guy, the boss says, you're fired. You didn't come Saturday, you're fired. So he, look, he puts an X and looks in the, the job opportunities in the newspaper back in the 1920s, another job op- opportunity, and doesn't tell that he's not going to work on Shabbos, okay? And in the meantime, many Jewish families are doing it. So the, the bosses of the companies in New York, they picked up on it that Jews, they try to hide they're not going to work on Saturday. So it's even harder to find a job. It's, not, it's number one, the next job, the, 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 the less opportunities because you have an ex who got fired so many times. Plus that they picked up on the Jewish kun, so they're not going to work on Saturday morning, okay? So both families, after a month, ended up in the same scenario that they had nothing for Shabbos. After having some food for the Shabbos table for a few weeks, they had nothing on their table. So look at the different reactions. One family, the first guy, the father couldn't handle the kids crying, Ah, Tati, where's the challah? Where's the fish? Where's the kiddush? He couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle that they were crying and the pressure got to him. By next week, he did work on Shabbos. Okay? And that family, he lost all of his kids. They all assimilated. They all fell off. The other guy, okay, he came to the same scenario. There's no food at the table, okay? And the kids also begin to cry. And the father puts on a smile on the face. And he said, you know, my kid, he takes his kinderlech, he puts him on his, on his lap. And he says, you know, kinderlech, Hashem wants us on this Shabbos to be simcha. We're going to sing and only singing the Shabbos. That's all we have. That's what Hashem wants. And the simcha that the father was so self-confident in emuna that this is what Hashem wants, was so strong that the kids accepted it. Even though they're hungry, whatever, he was able to give them this message of simcha and emuna. And he had miracles. Another job opened up. A frumya decided to open up a company for all these Jews who lost their jobs. Let's start our own company. He had a job. He doesn't work on Shabbos. He saved his kids. He saved his kids. They got a good education. They became Tamidi Chachami. It's a famous story that's known, okay? This is the problem of this generation. The Medame, the first father. I can't handle my kids, the pressure, what am I going to do, and this and that. And the weakness of the test, because, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, 
he went to work on Shabbos, and that leads all the, that led to the domino effect of everything else. And any other case like that, where the imagination fools you, how are you going to make it? How are you going to do it? And all these tests of emuna and bitachon, because of the imagination driving you nuts, this is the galut of Edom. So we're not at the end. People have been drained. It's 200, 250 years. We need a higher level now. Thank you for the pshat. Thank you for the gemara. But it's not enough to give me chayut. I don't have the chayut. There are people who have chayut. I live next to Mir Yeshiva. I see thousands and thousands of rechim every day. Ashram, they're lucky. Beautiful. They have chayut. They're able to go on. But Am Yisrael, the rest of them, what? They're top liver? Ashdod, Ashkelon, Kansas City, Iowa, Taiwan, all the Yidin all over. What, what about them? No, our Torah will influence them. <laughs> but I'm sorry, the ratio is not moving. There has to be something that we can do. This is accessing the fifth level of the Torah. It's called the Keter. It's, it's this level of the Pele. Now, going now to Rabbi Nachman. Where does Rabbi Nachman come into all of this? The same time that this started, this assimilation, reform Judaism, because of the pressure of Galut Edom, if you want to call it, if you notice, Zelu what came at the same time as the, Mas, the Haskalah movement, all these things, Chasidis, Chasidut, the Baal Shem Tov, came, the whole thing of the Baal Shem Tov, was to get every Jew to feel connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even the janitor who cleans the bathrooms and everything, and he has no shaykhit to dvekut and feeling godliness, the Baal Shem Tov, with the teachings of Chasidut, was able to take from the highest level of Ein Sof and bring it down. Bring it down so that every Yid can feel a varmkait. They feel, I'm also part of the picture. Hashem wants my Shabbos tish. Hashem wants my tefillin. Hashem wants my davening. I have a value. Even if I can't learn the best, I want to learn, but I don't know what to do. And the Yetzirah the Galut Edom is trying to tell me, you're nobody, you're nobody, you're nobody, you're nobody. Okay, enough. So Chasidut came to give another chance from a higher level. Rabbi Nachman said about himself a very powerful statement. He said, Ani ish pele venishmati pele gadol. It's a statement in his book, Chaim Moran. He said about himself, I am a man of pele, a man of the pele. Pele, this level of the Keter. And my soul is even a greater pillar. Okay? What's the idea here? That his Torah that he came to reveal is to help connect even the farthest people, farthest people, those who've transgressed the entire Torah 700 times, 800 times, to show them such a light that can penetrate even them that they're in the picture, that Hashem loves them. Haraya, ask anybody, anybody, anybody who's open for sincere, honest perspective, any safer of Rabbi Nachman, especially his Likutei Moran, open anywhere and ask anyone who from a sincere perspective, just open to learn them, they will say that this is talking directly to me. This is exactly what I'm going through. For the Torah, that's, that's for sure in the Torah also. That's in the Chumash, that's in the Tanakh, that's in the Mishnah, that's in the Gemara, Talmud Bavli, Talmud Yerushalmi, Midrash, Zohar, Kabbalah, Kitvari, that's everywhere. But you need the schut for this to happen. You need the, the right prescri- prescription of, of, of lens to be able for that, to see that to happen. But by Hasid, you don't have to look so deep. You just start learning it. Wow, this is me. This is talking to me. This is the level of the Pele, okay? This is what people are looking for now. This is the phenomena of now. There's a resurgence, if you want to say, in all sects, all sects, 
and the Litvishaks and the and the the Karlebach groups and the the Datilumi, the Mizrahi, and the Svardim, the Temanim, people are thirsty. They're thirsty, and the Torah, as we have it handed down, is not enough. Haraya, they're falling off. You have the minority holding on, the majority are falling off. So what to do? But they're learning Torah. The, the, the light in the Torah. Yeah, but I have to access the Maor. The Or is exclusively to the Ein Sof. Or is Gematra Ein Sof. When it says Hamaor Sheba, the light in the Torah will bring them back. Which Maor Sheba? That level that's called Or, which is the lower level of Ein Sof, this high level. So this explains why people who have fallen off, they somehow end up their way to Breslov and Rabbi Nachman's teachings because they found finally something that relates to them. So instead of looking at him, he's a miskain, he's a nebech, he goes to Breslov because, you know, poor one. Anyways, nothing. Ajaba, you try, you try to help him then. <laughs> Let's see. You tried with your attitude of shas and poskim and darshanim and, and mikubalim and everything, and nothing's helping. What do you want? Nothing's helping. And now he finds something that opens up light. It gives me meaning in my life. I have a value now. When I wake up in the morning, I now can say modani fully. As opposed to the guy, for example, you have a guy, he wakes up, he set his alarm clock to wake up at, at 6 in the morning or 7, and instead he wakes up at 10. So he wakes up, oh, like Oscar the Grouch, he goes, and he gets out of bed, he doesn't say modani. I tell people like that, when that happens, go back to bed, and <laughs> go back to bed and say now modani, and then get out of bed. If you get out of bed like Oscar the Grouch, because you woke up late and everything, go back to bed, say modani, and then get out. Right? Fine. So now, Rabbi Nachman reveals, how do you access now this Pele? How do you maintain it? Okay, because we said, even in Rabbi Nachman's teachings, there's a light, and then it's taken away. Okay. What, what can you do to access the level of Pele on a frequent basis? So he teaches that Simcha is the key to accessing the level of <clears throat> this Keter. And it's entered to in a Pasuk. This Pasuk is brought down the Gemara, Psachim, Daf Pechet. The Gemara talks about when the Jews said, Naaseh ve'nishma, 600,000 angels came and put two k'tarim. You always wonder what those k'tarim are. Huh? There's two crowns on the head of every yid, one for Naaseh, one for nishma. And when there was chet Egel, so 1,200,000 angels came down and took away the crowns. But Hashem atid lachzirat otam, shenemar, Olam al Rosham. The Gemara goes on, but Hashem is going to give back, restore these crowns, these k'tarim, which is the light we're talking about, this level of the Torah, right? Because like the Pasuk says, Vesimchat Olam al Rosham. Pshat is the simcha that was always there, simchat olam. The simcha of the Torah, this light, is, will be back on their heads. So Rav Nossin explains this Pasuk like this. You want to access the, the Keter, Al-Rosham, the Keter? The secret to that is the Simchat Olam. What is Simchat Olam? The Simcha that you try to build up even while stuck in this upside-down world. Simchat Olam. You try to do Mitzvot B'Simcha even when everything is upside-down. Okay, you put on your talis and tefillin and you put it on and you just did it. But still, you're able to say, wow, thank you, Hashem. I appreciate, I have a hakarata tov that I put on my tefillin. Even though I didn't put it on with the right kavanot and everything, but still, there was a nekuda, pintele point of, of the mitzvah. 
And on that I have every reason and every right to be the happiest person in the world. I daven in the morning, my davening. Look at my davening. Only when I got to Ashray after the Shmon did I realize that I was davening. Right? The famous story of the Berdachev. The he went up to one of the people davening after davening and he said, Shalom Aleichem, Baruch Abba. He said, I was here the whole time. He said, yes, you're here. But when you're davening, your mind dozed off to, to Minsk, to Leipzig, to other... So I'm welcoming you back. You came back now. So I'm saying, Baruch Abba. Right? That's the, 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 the person, he's, he's off. He's off in his davening. So a person begins to say, my davening, my davening. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even remember what I said. I'm davening because I have to daven. I'm shaking they obligated me to daven shachrit min chamarev. I have to daven, and I have to make the best out of it. I try to make the best out of it, but when I don't, so what? Just because now I, did, I didn't daven with kavanah, I have to daven a second time. Halacha is today. We don't let a person daven another tefillat nedava because we're worried. Just like he didn't have kavanah the first time, he's going to lose out the second time. Okay. So what does that mean? That means my first time davening did count. Because if it didn't count, I would be have been obligated to daven a second time. So the fact that they say you daven, it's enough. That means it counts. Even if I didn't have kavanah in anything, it counts. There's certain things you have to have kavanah. Like this, you have to have kavanah in the first verse. If not, you have to keep on saying it again. Poteach et yadech, you have to have kavanah. If not, you have to say it again. We're not we're talking about that. We're talking about the whole davening where a person feels bad about it. Okay? Simcha. Simchat olam. With simchat olam, what do you get? Al-Rosham. You get to this level of the Keter. So now, five major advices how to build simcha constantly. Number one. Number one, mila deshtuta. This Rav Nosson says all this in the Kutalachot, Birkat Number one is a Jew has to tell jokes. Okay? I told already one joke. I have three more jokes to tell you right now. Okay? Just, you have to be besimcha. How do we know that the door to Tevat Noach was the mikveh revolving door? You know the mikveh door, the revolving door? How do we know that Tevat Noach had a revolving door and mikveh door? Because the Pasuk said, Shlaim, Shlaim. They went in two at a time. <laughs> Joke number two. How many smartphones was there on Tevat Noach? Two non-kosher and seven kosher. <laughs> Third joke. Rashi says that the Yonah that Noach sent out was a Zachar. He doesn't prove it, but he says sometimes the Lashon is Nekeva, sometimes it's Zachar. How do we know that the Yonah was a Zachar, not Nekeva? Because it says that the Yonah came back with Alezait Taraf Befiyah. He came back with an olive branch. If it was a female, she couldn't keep her mouth closed for that long. <laughs> okay. oh, that was good. Shem Racham, okay. Mila Deshtuta, telling jokes, and it's silly. You're not laughing, the guy in the back, you're not laughing. That's not good. You have to smile a little. Sorry. He's not smiling. <laughs> Please smile. Okay. Mila Deshtuta, you laugh because it's stupid. It's silly. But, but, but at least it caused a smile. And we talk, you have also heard, we talk shalom badishma. From a silly, ridiculous laughter and joke, it brings you to real simcha. He said, in fact, Rabbi Nachman, the way people are so much ba'atzvus, you know, people are cold and eh, you go on the bus, the subway, everyone's like, they're going for sure, Tisha B'Av. <coughs> but that Yidin also, Shem Rachim, <coughs> get influence from the Galut and they're also sad. You need a boost of simcha, a big boost. And the way things are, Rabbi Nachman says, it seems that the main way to get people happy is acting silly and telling jokes, okay? That's the main way. And this is meant to give you a positive feeling that can boost you now to the true simcha, the simcha of the Torah, the simcha of mitzvah performance, the simcha, the simcha in your connection to Hashem, okay? That's number one. Number two, 
is yes, dancing, putting on Avram Freed, whatever you like, putting on uh, Yishai Rebo, I don't know what you guys like, putting on some music that makes you feel good and happy. If it's a, it's a nigga that makes you start moving, right? If it's Jewish trance music, I don't know, whatever gets you moving. But dancing and clapping your hands in breast of communities all over the world, there's the minhag to dance every day after Shacharis and Marif. After the davening, they take hand to hand, everybody, the older people, the younger people, they dance just to be the idea of dancing, okay? And it's moving, it's nice, they sing nice melodies, it makes you feel good. Putting on music is a big thing. Nigun corresponds to Tanta, you have in, 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 the, in the Sefer Torah, you have Ta'amim, Nekudot, right? Tagim, Otiyot, am I correct? Ta'amim, Nekudot, Tagim, Otiyot. So they say this corresponds to the four levels. Four worlds. Uh, from the, the lowest is Otiyot, and the highest is Ta'amim. Ta'amim, the trop, the Nigun. Nigun is from a higher level. That's why Nigun, you can get, sometimes when you can't get to somebody with words, you can get to them with a Nigun. That's the whole idea of a Kumzitz, of a Tish, where the music gets you in a trance, oh my God, right? So that's music, as, to, as, an, as an arousal for Simcha. Number three, Rabbi Nachman's very famous and powerful fundamental teaching of you have to find your good points. You have to find the good points. Okay, you don't say, oh, like we said, my davening is no value in this and that. You have to tell yourself, even subconsciously, no, there's a value, there's a value. Because if you think the negative, so it'll stay there, God forbid. But if now you sift out, it's not as bad. You tell yourself, you know, it's not as bad. And it's not easy. It's easier said than done. But it's a work, it's, a, it's an avoda. But it works that a person, by finding the good points, it keeps him in a positive frame of mind, even if everything's crashing. Even if he crashed already, and he said the wrong thing, and he got upset, and he blew up, he can get back up, by from this point on, I'm going to find the Nikut Tovot. Even if I keep on following again and again, the idea of Nikut Tovot is I pick up myself with a pinta, just one point. One point, that's all I care about. One point, that's all I'm looking for, the minimum, okay? That's point number three. Number four, which is connected to Chanukah, <coughs> right? Alanisim, anachno modim, hoda'ah. Yemei hoda'ah. Hoda'ah is such a powerful force. Such a powerful force in life. To give thanks, to give thanks. Thank you, Hashem. It's so powerful, you know? When you are in, 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 the, in the consistency, you're in the, in the hergel of always saying, thank you, Hashem, thank you for this, it becomes a part of you. It become, you become a piece, a shtickle of, of hoda'ah, of giving thanks, thanksgiving. <laughs> thanksgiving, tomorrow, right? We're on time. Inyana de Yoma, right? Thanksgiving is a big, big, it's a Jewish zakh, that they have it as a national holiday, but it's a Jewish Inyan to give thanks, to give thanks to Hashem. And that is a big push, because you, be, you begin to see, I know from how I am, Hashem, I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve to say your name. I don't deserve to say a word of prayer, right? I don't deserve anything. And I appreciate that. That's hoda'ah. When you're coming from the perspective that I don't... I don't when, when does a person get upset? Well, I, I deserve to have gotten up on time. I deserve to daven properly. I deserve it. Magiali, I deserve it. No, I don't deserve it. That's the whole thing. Because I know I don't deserve it. I know who I am. I know how I act. And Hashem, in re- relationship to that, that you're so kind to me, you let me put on tefillin. Tefillin is called Kichot de Malka, Hashem's crown. I'm putting on your crown. Kichot de Malka. Me, little me, yes. That's Hoda. And number five, like we said earlier, looking at the final end. That you know that everything's going to work out. You're living in future mode. 
we, we don't tell a person, don't live in the, you know, you're not living in the present reality. Our reality is that it's connected to the future. That's our reality. That's what makes the present have a value and a true reality that it's connected to the future, okay? These five ways are the key to building Simcha. And in Breast of Circles, by the way, they say there's five devotions that can also build up the Simcha. And it's hinted to in the Pasuk from Megillah Tester. I hope you like this. I hope you won't take it personally, whoever doesn't, didn't do it, okay? Ora. Ora is Rashi Tevot Uman Rosh Hashanah. Ora. Ora. Aleph Vavresh. Simcha, they say like this. Sin, which is like Shin, is Shulchan Aruch. Mem is Mikveh. Chet is Chatzot. Hey is Itbodidut. To explain. Shulchan Aruch is such a fundamental learning. It's minimal. If a person learns uh, other things at the expense of halacha, he's missed it. The whole goal is halacha, believe it or not. What is halacha? Halacha is clarification. It's now making a psak, what's permissible, what's forbidden, what's kosher, what's non-kosher, what's pure, what's, what's unpure. Halacha makes a beru. It makes a, and what that does to you is inside the turmoil that you're going through in life, everything's mixed up with frustration. Since everything is rooted in the Torah, so once you make a psak, you learn the halacha, tefillin has to be put like this, the mezuzah has to be like this, kashrut, basar bechalam, has to be like this, automatically it makes also the rippled effect of a separation, of a clarification inside of you. Phenomenal. It's the root of what you're going through is rooted in the psak of halacha. So learning a psak halacha, it makes clarification. And when you have clarification in life, that's simcha. When you know what's the problem, like the Magad Mizrach says, knowing what the problem is, already 50% of the solution. When you know what, the, uh, the worst thing is you don't know what's going on. I have no idea. There's a, the, the, the doctors don't know how to diagnose what I'm going through. So the panic and the trauma and the worry you're going through is making you nuts. When you finally find what's the problem, oh, now we know what to do. At least I know what to do, what the problem is. So it's a nechama, it's a simcha, okay? Mikveh is something very powerful. Mikveh for men we're talking about. Because mikveh is from Lashon Tikva, hope. Mikveh is something, something so simple, but it does a lot. There's a story I said many times of Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, who was the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. He wasn't a chassid, but he was going to the mikveh every day. And when Rav Issa Zalman Meltzer from Slabotka came to Yerushalayim, one of the biggest Rashi Yeshivot in, the, in, 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 in Lithuania who came you know, to, to Yerushalayim, and he found out that the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim is doing like the Hasidim going to the mikveh every day. So he said, what is this? The chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, you became a Hasid? You do, you're like a Hasid now? You go to the mikveh every day? So he said to him like this, listen, if a mikveh can transform a goy into a yid, so just imagine what it can do to a yid. Just imagine, think about it. If it can turn a goy into a yid, that's the final stage, is the mikveh. So just imagine what it can do to a yid already. He heard it. He accepted it, and he started going to the mikveh also. People don't know this. Rabbi Zalman Meltzer, he also started going to the mikveh every day. Okay? Mikveh, it's something simple, but what it does is it makes you like a, a bria chadasha. You're brand new. You're brand new. Rabbi Nachman said, the elchste is mikveh. The first thing is mikveh. What does it mean? That before anything, go to the mikveh. Get all the klipot, all the excesses that are attached to you, get them off. Get them off. I have a joke on the side. You know, the, the, the people are like going to the mikveh to shmooze. Like the, you can hear the latest news in the mikveh, right? What's happening, everything. So what happens when you go to the mikveh, as soon as you're going to the mikveh, all the klipot go off of you. Where do they go to the klipot? They stay in the air there. So those people who take too much time in the mikveh, 
So the other guy's klipot go on to him because he's sitting there wasting his time talking and everything. So that's why it's an inyan. Litbol velatzet. You go to the mikveh, chik chak, go in, get out. Don't start schmoozing and everything because you take the other guy's klipas. <laughs> Alright, that's a mikveh. And that brings simcha. And hey, acharon acharon chaviv is hitbodedut. There's no greater simcha. Huh? Ah, chatzot, sorry, 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 chatzot. Chatzot, chet, chatzot. Someone who's not tasted chatzot doesn't know yet really what is this light we're talking about. It's unbelievable. Taste, try, getting, okay, for a guy who tries the first time getting chatzot, what happens normally? So the, the Indian is to get up for chatzot, not to stay up until chatzot. What's chatzot, by the way? Chatzot, it says in the beginning of the Shulchan Aruch that every Jew has a, a taint of your Shemaim should get up early and mourn over the Beit HaMikdash, okay? And the, and the, the, the Mepharshim bring down from the Arizal that this is referring to Kimat Chatzot. Now the Indian is to get up, not to stay up till Chatzot, but to Kimat. Why? You're breaking your sleep, which is one sixtieth of death, you're breaking it to wake up. Most people, it's almost impossible because how their life schedule is, is organized. But it's Kedai. Because that to aim, maybe once a month, once every two weeks, once a week to say, I'm going to just invest, start with this. But what normally happens when a person starts trying to get Chatzot, so the first time he does it, oh my head, I can't do this. He has a headache. <laughs> it's, it's a pain headache. What's needed is like maybe two, three times to get used to it. But what happens is if you have a chance to get up Chatzot, and those are two hours from midnight, and they last for two hours. Being up at those two hours, the, the quality of the Torah study, Rav Chaim Bital writes, is like enhanced a thousand times. And on Shabbos night, after Chatzot, it's like 10,000 times more. It's unbelievable. But the quality of Torah study, of davening, of any type of davening, Tehillim, Hitbodudud, which we'll go into, is so magnified, and the connection you have to Hashem is so powerful, it's, you won't find it any other time in the day. Those two hours are, are, are exceptional. It, it's something special to text at least once, on the blue moon, to get into it, to have some shaykhit to it. And this brings a major simcha. We mourn over the Chorban Beit HaMikdash, and then we say at the end, Lasum pe'er tachat efer. After the mourning I went through, Hashem will give those who mourn over Yushalayim pe'er, which is a, f- a format of simcha. Okay? The last thing we said is, hey, is hitbodidut. Hitbodidut is something so powerful. When you have a burden on your heart and you let it out, the, 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 the consolation you have when you're able to talk to Hashem, what you're going through and just pour it out, the, it generates a level of simcha so powerful that, that mamash, you feel, ah, I, I, thank you Hashem. It seems Hashem, everything I went through in life was to squeeze me enough that I should open up myself to you. And that's what Hashem was waiting for, right? Karov Hashem, lechol korav, lechol Hashem is close to all those who call to Him, who call to Him in truth, calling out in truth. This is the true, calling out in truth is when the words are coming from you, from your inner essence. So, in a nutshell, these are the five drachim they say is a key to Simcha. And Simcha is the key. Simcha tolam al Rosham. And with Hashem, with Simcha, we will. And we should be to have this pele revealed through Simcha. Now, just as quickly, one final leg. All these ideas we mentioned about the Keter and the Simcha, all this is taken from a lesson from Rabbi Nachman, lesson 24 of Likuti Moran, where he goes into this. How breast of literature works is fascinating. 
as you learn it, first of all, you see the connection. But the more you learn it, the more you begin to activate it. Okay? That's one, what's one level. Second level is, is that when you dove in about these ideas, you bridge from potential to actual. So, we have two books in Breast of Literature. One is Rabbi Nachman's Likute Moran, which Rav Lossin wrote out an abridged version of the actual points of the concepts. And he also, we have another book called Likute Tfilot, which are prayers on these lessons. These two are necessary. It's like, for example, a guy, God forbid, a person has like a, a skin disease on his elbow. So he goes to the pharmacy, he buys this very expensive, expensive cream that they talk about, whatever, $100 cream, okay? He bought it. All right, I have the cream. But he has to apply it. You bought the cream, you have the cream in your hand, but you have to apply it. So too, the Torah concepts that Rabbi Nachman reveals activates a remedy. And then davening about it directs it to where the Makkah is, where the, the, the element is needed. So we prepared here, if you don't mind passing this out, a QR scan of anyone who wants, we made a, a PDF file of this lesson. I was here a year ago, we presented a 40-day challenge, and uh, it didn't work out. People didn't do it because it was too heavy. It was too much. So we designed it in a 40-day chart. It takes about one or two minutes a day, not even, of learning, reciting. There's rules on the first page how to do it. Reciting the piece of the lesson, and then reciting Rav Nosen's prayer on the lesson, set out for 40 days. The goal is to begin to see changes in your life in the area of Simcha and in the area of the Keter, that the light of the Torah of the Keter is shining into you. Can someone pass this around your mind? That's the first QR scan over there. You can see that. And on the page is a second QR scan to help support us in what we're doing. This is called Breast of Therapy. Uh, there's a lot of uh, expenses on, on what we're doing here in spreading these classes, coming to America, researching, preparing these classes. So anyone would like uh, to, to, to help sponsor with a U.S. Uh, tax-deductible tax donation would be appreciated. Thank you very much. And the recording didn't work. <laughs> We've, yeah, thank God. Just now, it went on. <laughs> I don't believe this. Baruch Hashem. Thank you for the drink. I'll do it.